Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Welcome to my new episode and I have a lovely lady with me called Jo Titcom and she has been a groom full-time and also been a freelance groom. So Jo, why don't you introduce yourself and tell me about where you have worked as a groom? Hello, I'm Jo. Um, I have always worked in show jumping and I had a very lucky start in that I was, I sort of got thrown in at the deep end a little bit. And I started off as Robert Whittaker's show groom at the age of 20. Um, and I was there for about three and a half years, maybe a little bit longer, not a lot longer than that. And then I freelanced for a little for about a year and between a year and a year and a half um, for professional and amateur riders. And then I sort of fell into another full time job with a Canadian rider named Liz Bates based in Belgium from the spring of 2018 to I was there until May 2019 um again show groom so traveling and everything and then I went back I moved back to the UK and went back to freelancing um for yeah just over a year and when coronavirus took over the world I sort of felt like I was at a point in my life where I was ready for a change so I've just been trying to work my life out for the last year. <laughs> <laughs> it has. It's really changed everything, hasn't it? Yeah. And that's amazing to have that sort of opportunity at 20 to work for like a really well-known show jumper. Um, so how was it working for like those type of um, horses and, and working for the Whitakers? It is amazing. Um, I was very, very lucky. But I will say a large part of it was I was so lucky I got to be around and travel with some of the best grooms in the world. Like that's, I've got, obviously, yeah, you go straight in at the top level, you get to be around the best of the best really. Um, And although I'd, I'd had horses for a long time and I'd ridden since I was about four, you know, you you never stop learning. Um, 100%. Yeah, I agree. And yeah everything it was I was so lucky just to even watch them and see like how to plan your time out you know you've got a class at two o'clock okay so you're 30th to go it's probably going to be about now you need to be ready for this time so what does that horse need you know working out how to plan your day out what you need to do with all the horses when your rider needs to come to exercise all of that sort of thing and then obviously like your turnout um tips and tricks grooming keeping your tack good every every aspect of it really um but it is hard work yeah yeah hard hard work which as horses are yeah but it's you know the hours that you put in mm-hmm. an 18 hour day com- is a very average day yeah um and yeah there's like i think the best example of of that would be probably olympia you're in the stables at <sighs> half past five in the morning um because you have to have all the horses exercised if you're lucky they'll let you them still be you know you'll have until 8 a.m 
that's on a good day. So you're there at 5.30 to feed, muck out, do everything. They come to, at, I don't know, six o'clock to ride. If you've got two or three there, that will take the full until whenever the organisers say, right, that's it, that's your time up. Because obviously there's classes, although they have the afternoon and the evening performance, yeah. there's classes in the morning. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, you're waiting around all morning, which is nice because once the horses are done, mm. you can try and get a bit of a nap in or something and we can yeah. go and have some breakfast but then if you've got a class at one o'clock ish normally there's normally yeah. a few couple of classes in the afternoon performance so you're working all the way through and then the evening performance the last class never starts before nine o'clock at night mm. so if it's a jump off class or you're late to go you're not normally in bed before half past one God. and then you're back in the stables at five thirty. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah and... I can imagine it um well in, in any competition but it, you know it is a long day and a groom's mm-hmm. life is not an easy life but mm-hmm. you do like you say have lots of experiences you get to travel um so yeah. that is sort of the the pros I guess from being a show groom um and then how was that transition from when you left being an employee to a freelancer how did you find that it was scary it was scary because obviously you lose that stability of a weekly or monthly paycheck. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're like, Oh, okay. Now it's, I've got to go out. And like, I was lucky, as I said, being in that situation, I met a lot of people in those years. So I did make a lot of very good contacts, but initially I was like, okay, I'll I'll give myself a couple of weeks off, you know, because it's been quite an intense few years. Yeah, of course. I have a bit of a break and it got, I was like, oh, two weeks I'll give myself. And then it got to a month and I'd like advertised I was freelance and hadn't really heard anything. So I did start to like panic a little bit. I was like, oh God, like what if I don't get any work? But I think it was purely at the time because people didn't really realise, excuse me, I'd done like a couple of posts here and there. But once people found out that I was freelancing after I took on my first job, um, which was, I think, uh, um, what's it called? Can't remember. The place where they have blue chip. (laughs) Um, Hartbury. Yeah. Um, I did a weekend there with uh, Julie Andrews. And after people realised, it just took off. I was so lucky. Like I was booked up weeks in advance um so I left Roberts in probably the end of October beginning of November and then yeah the start of December I I did that show and everyone was like oh you've moved jobs I was like no no I'm freelance and that was it I was booked up until after Sunshine Tour um and all throughout pretty much throughout the summer I was very lucky and I've I've Touchwood never really had any bad experiences or bad clients but I think it's because I was lucky enough I I knew who I would get on with and who I wouldn't yeah so yeah. I was never afraid to be like thank you for thinking of me for work but I'm gonna pass yeah definitely. and I was lucky to be in that spot where I could say no if I needed to yeah and I think what like you said you mentioned earlier where you um had been at Roberts and then you had all those contacts and you've picked up tips like you say from the other grooms and stuff like that you had such a good um range of knowledge that you've picked up from those years working with Robert um and those contacts so when you do go freelance people 
know your name they know your reputation so even though it's a scary transition because you do have those contacts it only takes one which is exactly what happened to you and then the work just sort of snowballs and and rolls from there doesn't it which is yeah then a breath of like a relief that you're like oh thank god (laughs) relief because I was I was sort of as I said I was worrying and then like it got to the point I was like I'm really tired (laughs) I'm gonna need to take a holiday in a minute but I was so just grateful that it had taken off that well and I think it had surprised people around me it was like oh she's actually doing all right and I'm like yeah yeah I am doing (laughs) good and good for you as well really good so we briefly talked about it before but what would you say is like um the good and the bad points of the role so obviously we've mentioned with the bad points it is I don't know if it is a bad point but they are long hard days um what other sort of good and bad points would you say um I'll start with the good because yeah yeah um I have made some of the best friends I've ever had um and these people become your family particularly when you're traveling and like for me for example I drive the truck so when you're driving somewhere through the night there's always someone to call if you're ever stuck there's always someone to call it's sort of like an unwritten code you're like if someone's ringing you at three in the morning either they're dying of tired and they need to talk to someone or they're broken down or they they're they're lost somewhere there's a reason you know and you you just answer it doesn't matter what time it is Mm. I've been to some amazing places amazing shows that I never thought I would um you know go to yeah um I never thought it would like take off like it did um what else um being around the horses obviously they're like the main thing for it and they become your babies like I've been lucky that I've always had my own horses and still do um but you just get this whole new herd of babies and it's like in of every level and it's so nice to see like the young ones come on when you get them as like five six year olds starting and then you see them go up and they start doing their first international shows and then obviously with your older horses like it's nice to when you win obviously yeah you you get competitive you don't put all these hours in to not want to win it's yeah. not everything but it's like yeah. well yeah. <laughs> I've been busting my ass for, for yeah. all these months come on let's pull something out yeah, the bag absolutely. now like, let's make it worth it absolutely. so it really is worth it and um, what are the bad points there so we obviously talked about the long hard days what else would you say is- yeah um it's a lot of pressure like a lot of pressure and you can't be one thing I would say is like it depends who you work for obviously and I've actually been very lucky in that I always got on very well with Robert I always got on very well with Liz my other full-time job and I've always had very nice um freelance clients but you also can't be afraid to stand up for yourself because sometimes they just don't think like in regards to the fact that you know I've been awake no matter how long the rider's day is your day is always three times longer yeah always and at the end of the day they go oh can you just take that one out for grass or something and you're like I've been here since four o'clock this morning you know and it's like they just don't think so you can't be afraid to be like no that horse has been out two or three times today yeah it's really not going to hurt it not have to mm-hmm. I mean the horses always come first absolutely but there is a line where you look after yourself and be like 
And it does get to that point where like you've not had a holiday for five, six years. You've not had more than, you know, a day, one day off for three or four months. And it does, but you've, it's, it's, it just comes back to it being quite intense, Uh I think. And so much pressure gets put put on you. Um, But that is part of the job because everything does have to be right. Yeah, it's a lot of money at stake, and it is a people, you know, it's people's livelihoods, which mm-hmm. I, I get. But then it is just so much pressure. If you're not yeah. good under pressure, you're not gonna. Well, this is sort of one of the reason I wanted to highlight this like podcast, really, because I think the grooms kind of get forget forgotten a little bit. Um, hundred percent. They obviously see, you know the top show jumpers, the eventers, the dressage riders. And yes, they are amazing riders, but everything that happens before that is what the grooms do to prepare the horse, to prepare the rider. Yeah, before and after, exactly. So, you know, they obviously are there to do a job as well, but the grooms are there that are leading everything up to that point and then everything after as well. And I think they do get... Not on purpose, but I just think sometimes it's not all about the rider. Yeah, and that makes sense. I hundred percent agree. And but one thing I will say is, it's not all the always the riders not um, acknowledging that. You know, I feel like big shows, for example, like for events or whatever. Mm. For me, obviously, as a groom, during a prize ceremony, have the grooms in there. Yeah, like if you want the riders to get off and stand on a podium, they're going to have to hold the horses anyway, yeah. but have the winning groom in there or the top three grooms or have yeah. a groom's prize. Some shows do do that. Yeah. Um, have groom's prizes and like, they'll have, um, you know, like a turnout prize over the week. If like mm-hmm. for the best turned out horses, tidiest stables, all of that, yeah. which is great. But generally there is not enough recognition. No, there isn't. Um, at all. No, there isn't. So, yeah, so hopefully maybe this will sort of highlight um, the the great job that grooms do, basically. So with that, because yeah. we just quickly talked about um, turnout and stuff, what would be your top turnout tip? So it could be for a show or it could be general everyday uh, yard tip. What What would you be your top tip? um keep everything clipped as short as you can <laughs> it just makes life a hundred times easier yeah. it's so much easier to keep everything clean horses you know equipment rugs keep them clipped you can click you can keep them clean so much easier they're not even bathing every day like we used to um i don't know about other disciplines but generally show jump well british um grooms i know dental hot cloth dental every day they're always for me my my general routine flick off before you ride tack them up when they come in if they're sweaty chuck a cooler on them and leave them let them to dry don't overwash them yeah um you just strip their coats yeah um hot cloth so good rubber curry hot cloth it just takes a bit of effort that's all it is um and i see a lot of new people you know and it's only through they haven't been taught yet but it's like they'll give a quick flick off and that's it. And it's like, yeah. no, you need to put some elbow grease into it. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, yeah. 
tidy moans I cannot <laughs> scraggly <my, laughs> this is my like this is just my inner like OCD coming out now yeah. I'm like keep them clipped keep the mains tidy yeah uh, mains can be quite difficult yeah but again it's just practice um yeah. if you're unsure find someone you know to teach you everyone I know because there is also this like sorry I'm going on a bit of a tangent no, that's but, all right you go for it a bit of a stigma between established and older grooms that you know young people coming into the industry can't work and don't know how to work and mm. they can't do this and they can't do that mm. I don't think it's true a lot of my friends started at 16 17 I was a bit older I started at 20 yeah but if you really want to do it and for me I've got all the time in the world for someone that goes I really want to learn how to do this Please. but I don't know how yeah can you please tell me? Yeah. I will absolutely drop what I'm doing to come and help you. Yeah. But it's when it's like, don't come in and then like think you know what you're doing and then make a big old mess that someone else has to clean up, whether yeah. it's a main or on the yard or whatever. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to top tips. Um, <laughs> oh, or, okay. <laughs> so the next thing then I'll ask him, what is the, you can only have one product or one item or one thing that you cannot live without so it could be a grooming it could be a grooming product or grooming tool or could be something around the yard but you're only allowed one joe (laughs) oh god this is hard yeah i think it would be detail yeah because you can use it to clean your horse i used to clean my stuff in it probably not (laughs) supposed to but i always did if i had a dental bucket going you can slosh it around the yard to disinfect the yard. You know, it's a multi-use thing, but I really couldn't actually. Yeah, it would probably be detail, but I couldn't actually just choose one thing. <laughs> it's really hard, isn't it? I tried to, I, when I was thinking of these questions, I was thinking, God, I don't think I could pick one. So um, yeah. I can imagine it'd be quite hard. Right. Yeah. So that is all for my main questions. And now I have just some fun quick fire questions okay cool. okay so first one is night in night out oh night in i'm tea a big, big old grandma <laughs> tea or coffee tea wellies or heels wellies sweet or savory Ooh, oh probably sweet and lastly are you a book or are you a film book book are you yeah. a Netflixer? Do you watch? Do you binge watch? Yeah, really bad. What's the latest series you've been binge watching? Uh, Bridgerton. Just finished. Brilliant, isn't it? It's so good. So good. But parts of it, you're a bit. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. We're going there. <laughs> I feel but, like it's sort of um, Pride and Prejudice meets Gossip Girl. Yeah, it's very. Really. But I love it really good yeah. well thank you so much joe for speaking to me so where can everyone find you on social media you can find me on instagram at idiots guide to grooming and well i don't have a facebook that's it just instagram <laughs> okay brilliant well thank you so much joe um if you guys enjoyed this episode we would love if you could screenshot and share to stories and tag us both in um and i hope you enjoyed the episode and i'll speak to you next time 
thank you so much for listening to this episode i hope you enjoyed it if you are on apple Podcasts, please would you subscribe and leave me a review i really really appreciate it if you want to find me on my social media i am on instagram under cops equine shop underscore services and on facebook i am cops equine shop and services thank you so much and i'll speak to you next time making it if you um, like to follow me on socials my um, Instagram is Cobbs Equine Services and the same on Facebook Cobbs Equine Services um, if you are listening to this on your um, Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast I really appreciate it if you could leave me a review as it gets um, other people to highlight the um, episodes to other people and I will speak to you all on the next episode